You're listening to the Good Girls Get Rich Podcast, episode 257. Welcome to the Good Girls Get Rich Podcast with your host, Karen Yankovich. This is where we embrace how good you are, girl. Stop being the best kept secret in town. Learn how to use simple LinkedIn and social media strategies and make the big bucks. Hello there, I'm your host, Karen Yankovich, and I cannot wait for you to meet Karen Visor today. Karen and I were meet, were introduced through somebody who works for both of us, and you know, I know that anybody that Dee loves is somebody that I'm going to love. So when she asked, when Karen and I first were introduced, we had a mini conversation. I was like, oh, I need to have you on my podcast. This is such a great topic to talk about. And what we're talking about today is identity, and Karen's really coming at it from a very much a right brain perspective with a lot of, I'm, I'm so amazed, you guys, listen Listen to her brain when she pulls names of the authors of the books out of her head and as she, you know, as she remembers quotes and statistics and who wrote them. And it's amazing. I was very, not only am I amazed by her message, but I was really impressed with her brain as I went through this interview with her. So listening, because I think you're really going to hear some interesting ways that you can start to embrace your new identity as you step into your next chapter of your life. I am here today with Karen Visor, and Dr. Karen is recognized for her groundbreaking work in the field of mental conditioning and how habitual patterns, programming, conditioning, fears, and upper limit beliefs can keep us from realizing our dreams and being the best version of us that we can be. Karen's helped thousands of clients remove the beliefs, coding, and programming that separate them from living the lives they desire. She's also worked with clients who've been impacted by trauma to clear the cellular memory of that trauma so they can experience the freedom to create their best lives. The losses of the past few years are real, and Karen is passionate about leading women who have experienced losses in their life, rediscover, reinvent, and reclaim their power through her identity makeover experience. She's got vast knowledge of alternative energy healing modalities. Her mantra is one of her favorite mentors, Raymond Grace's quotes, everything is energy and all energy can be transformed. Prior to embracing the coaching profession, Karen spent 20 years as an executive in the healthcare industry. She's earned degrees in nursing, biology, and chiropractic. And Dr. Karen, I am so excited to have you here with me today. Oh my gosh, Karen, thank you so much. I feel so blessed to get to have some time with you and get to talk with you and share with each other. Yeah, I love this. You know, as I was reading, you know, of course I read your bio before we recorded this, but as I was reading it again, there's just so many places here that I want to dive into. But, you know, tell me first, before we do that, tell me a little bit about what brings somebody from, you know, the healthcare industry and a degree in nursing and biology to mental conditioning, or maybe that's a little bit more of a normal path than it might sound like. So tell me a little bit about your journey. What brought you to what you're doing right now? You know, that's a great question. I never, I knew what I wanted to be when I grew up, but I didn't believe I could do it because my dad had a posture that you need to be a nurse, a teacher, or a secretary. Yeah. I went to college for early childhood education. So same. That was, that was same. his, his um, posture. And so I wanted to go to design school for fashion design. And he said, I'm not paying for that. So I ended up going to liberal arts college, failing out after one semester and costing my parents a significant amount of money because I really didn't want to be there. Right. And I was just kind of, I was sort of doing drifting as kind of what Napoleon Hill talked about in the book, Outwitting the Devil, where we just sort of drift with no 
purpose, no desire. And I always wanted to help people. And I had visions when I was very young of having a healing center. And but it was very different. These pictures I would see were so extraordinary and so different. And and when you say pictures you would see, that's pictures in your uh, mind. Yeah, like a yeah. vision. Yeah. Have these yeah. visions. And so when okay. I was nine, I went to my parents and I said, you know, we're all cells in the body of God. I had been looking at the grass and like, these are all little people in the body of this lawn. And they both looked at me and said, well, that's nice, dear. You know, <laughs> and, sort of like, and so I didn't choose nursing. Nursing chose me. I was wandering around aimlessly and I was offered an opportunity to be paid to go to school to get an LPN. Okay. Was a lower and and I was like I wasn't doing anything else, so I went, and then it's really a, a very powerful indicator of how we choose unconsciously. You know, there is just no mindfulness. Like, oh yeah, you want to pay me to go to school? Okay, I can do that. <laughs> then when I was in nursing school, I didn't really like the limitations that. LPNs had in terms of what they could do in their practice at that right. time. I was in living in Massachusetts. So Northeastern University had a program that would take you to a nursing degree from the LPN. So I signed up for that and did that. And along the way, there were so many things that I just, I, I allowed my ego or my intellect to overrule, which were that this was not healthcare. This was disease management. So I had a little bit of a cognitive dissonance and didn't really like giving people drugs because I learned early on that you gave one drug and then another drug had side effects. So, and I was always very holistic. And so while my dad had that posture of you have to be one of these three things, you have to have something to fall back on. He also was taking us to New Hampshire for chiropractic care because chiropractic at the time was illegal in Massachusetts. Okay. Okay. You know, look over here. It was sort of, you know, he, there were two sides of him. He was very psychic and very spiritual and very intuitive about health. And, and so I had had a little bit of a cognitive dissonance, but I, I, and I navigated that whole pathway, that whole nursing pathway unconsciously, including being the executive in healthcare. And one day I was, I had been working in Hawaii I had, and I was flying back in the days when the airplanes had magazines and I was flying to see my parents in LA and they had an Economist magazine. There was a one page in there about Thomas Leonard, who was the father of the coaching movement. And it was talking about how he developed these coaching this coaching curriculum and all of this. And I read the one page and I was all in. I couldn't wait to get off the airplane. Got off the airplane, went to Barnes and Noble, ordered his book, which was called The Portable Coach. And I just said, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to make a difference in people's lives. And so, and I'm not doing that in healthcare. I'm just, it's right. just bad and right. not loving it. And so I'm very grateful to him because he became one of my mentors. I was on his research and development team. I was a founding member of Coach University when he started it. Oh, exciting. Uh, That's cool. I signed up and did like a $5,000 coaching program. But then I read the criteria from the ICF, which is the International Coach Federation, about how you, if somebody, if you thought somebody needed therapy, you couldn't work with them. And I was like, well, I, you know, there are people that have had therapy that 
it didn't work for it. And I don't want to limit. So I never certified because I didn't want to sign the agreement. <laughs> right. I get that. I get that. Yeah. And, so, and by the way, how are you qualified to determine it if you think someone needs therapy, if you're not a therapist, right? So, so you're not qualified to help them with therapy, but you have to determine if they're, if they need therapy instead of coaching. Right. So it's a, so it was, was but it is an interesting, you know, listen, it is, I I get where they're coming from. Yeah. I get where, and I appreciate where they're coming from, but I did not want to limit. I had Mm -hmm. a knowing of something that was coming. And so during that process, my husband passed in 2002, before he passed, we had a we came to a place of peace because we had a real rock and a hard place between us. He had the need to be perfect. His mother had been at Auschwitz. She was a perfectionist. Mm. He was a designer and a hairstylist, had been very famous. And he was the kind of person who could walk into a house and move something a half an inch to the left or right, and it changed the energy in the room. Mm-hmm. So if the cleaning people came and they didn't put things back precisely, he like be triggered by that. And we came to peace about that. But I was meditating one day and I said, you know, God doesn't give you a problem without a solution. And and you call it God, spirit, universe, whatever you want to call it. It's, I'm not attached. But, mm-hmm. And so I said, there's got to be something else because what Thomas taught in his mentoring was not, I wasn't going to do it. And I knew if I wouldn't do it, nobody else would, because it was like, oh, you got to find this. And then you've got to tell your circle of influence how to figure it out. So that was my first awareness into how needs drive behavior, because I had that experience with my late husband. And so fast forward, I found out that the Germans were using bioresonance devices to shift energy of disease and thought, So I was like, well, I'm going to buy one of those things and learn how to use it because maybe I can get rid of the needs. And so I I ended up with five of those things. And I was going around teaching seminars and shifting energy with this bioresonance equipment, but I was limited in terms of what I could do. So I found this quantum physicist and I was so proud of my machine and I went up and showed it to him. He was doing a lecture in Joshua Tree at the time. And he said to me, Karen, you're every bit as good as that machine. You don't need it. And I was so offended because it was like I <laughs> invested in these five machines that I had to take extra luggage to schlep around the world, by the way. And I couldn't, I had to limit who I could serve, by the way. Oh, this is your belief system. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so, and so I didn't believe him, but he said to me, he said, just find the fear. Fear differentiates. It's all fear of change. It differentiates into fear of the unknown, fear of separation, fear of not being good enough. He said, find those fears and clear those with your clients. You don't need the machine. He said, and everything will be really good. So I incorporated his teaching about fear, but I didn't incorporate the belief that I was every bit as good as a machine. So one day I was working in my living room with a client because, of course, I had to work in person. I couldn't work remotely because I needed this thing unless they owned a machine. And I felt the energy shift and I reached over to turn the machine off only to find out I hadn't turned it on. And so then I went to three of my clients. I said, what if he was right? So here's the mindset, the shift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I invited three of my clients to work with me for 90 days at no cost to see if I was every bit as good as the machine. And I found out it was actually better. 
I bet I can see that. I can see that to be true. Right. I can tell, yeah. I can, I can imagine that to be true. Interesting. And, but then I promptly sold five machines <laughs> and started operating remotely. And I could, and then the limitations, all these beliefs I had about my limitations were gone because I no longer needed the machine. So I could work in any time zone, any place from anywhere, as long as I had a phone connection. And so I started developing and I developed what I called consciousness shifting, which I developed an expertise in the beliefs and the programming and the conditioning that we take on, knowing that from the first three and a half years of our life, we're guided by the reptilian brain, the lizard brain, also known as the amygdala. That's where fear lives and survival lives. And then three and a half to about seven, we get the emotional, the limbic coming in, but without the societal expertise on how to deal with your emotions. So we tend to feeling like we live in a pressure cooker, overwhelmed all the time. And intellectual thought doesn't come in until we're seven. So by the time we're seven, we have 95% of our programming and conditioning, and we're running on autopilot. And so I've become very passionate about let's find that stuff and shift it and get you out of your own way because you didn't agree to it anyway. Well, and that's one of the things that I saw in your bio that I'm like, this is really interesting because I I can just imagine that there's somebody listening, if not everybody that's listening, because certainly I saw that and went, hmm, you know, sometimes you're just like, what the ever living heck is going on? You know, like what is in the way I'm doing the things I'm doing the energy. I feel like I'm doing, you know, I feel like I'm showing up and I'm, you know, and here I am still, you know, so it's interesting that you talk about you know, clearing the cellular memory of, of some of this trauma. And maybe we don't even know it's trauma, right? Maybe we don't even know that this was, I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I, I would imagine that trauma doesn't necessarily have to mean, you, you know, something terrible happened. It could just mean something happened that shouldn't have happened, right? And you were programmed in a way that was counterintuitive to, where, you know, to be supportive. And now you've got this traumatic shift that happened that needs to be cleared. Like, how do you do that? Well, it's a it's a process. So the first thing is my work is very intentional. And it's you're right. It's I don't need to know what happened. We don't we, this is not talk therapy. We do not repeat this story. I tell my clients if I don't want to have the same conversation with you twice. If we're not moving the needle, I'm not doing my job and you know, we're not in a partnership that's working. And I'll tell you, I had a client, I work mostly with women, but I had a male client a few years ago and he said, I could feel the trauma in his body. And I said, you know, did Nick, did you ever have trauma as a kid? And he goes, Oh no, no, no. Well, it really depends on how you define trauma because right, right. it's the narrative, it's the interpretation that you put with it. And this fellow had what had happened was when he was growing up, his mother was always searching for money to buy food, to put food on the table because his father was a gambler and was spending all the money. So that was traumatic for a young man growing up in a household as the oldest child, having to see his mother go through this and wanting to, you know, want men want to fix you. They want to take care of you. Right. And that's, that's hardwired in them. So it's about 20 minutes into the session, he started crying and he said, oh, my God, I did have this. And he told me the story. And so it can be it for me. It's not I don't need to know all the details because I use muscle testing mm -hmm. to navigate. So kinesiology. So 
my work is very specific. It's not cookie cutter. Someone comes to me and I say, what do you want to have be different in your life? And they tell me what that is. I use muscle testing to access their innate intelligence with their permission, of course, and their higher self to guide the session. And we find out what serves their highest and best good. And that's where we go to. Not always what they say they want. Like I had a client who told me she wanted to be financially fulfilled. I, I think those were her words. But what she really wanted was freedom from this identification. So identifications, when you identify as she had identified as a donor for several charities, and she said she was giving all her money away to the charities that she had right, no money. Right, right. And so we shifted that identity and took away the need to give because needs drive behavior. So if you have somebody who we've all had uh, been around somebody who needs to be heard and they repeat themselves over and over and over again, and you're like, gosh, I heard you the first time. And this is take 17. What's new here? Well, but it's because they have no filter. They don't know they've been hurt. So she needed to give. It wasn't okay for her to have something for herself. She needed to give it all away. And so, and she was identified as a giver and and identified as a large donor of a certain charity. And we just neutralized the energy of that, of that needing to give and that donating. And she had a lot of tears. And, you know, we do carry this energy in our body. And sometimes you feel it might feel like somebody's standing on your chest or strangling you or has your head in the vice or has your feet glued to the floor. But the I work with natural laws. So the law says that energy flows where attention goes. So when someone is willing to give that energy that's stuck in their body or their field, their attention as an observer, not trying to make it go away, not trying to understand it, not trying to figure it out, just observing it, just being present to it, magic happens. Oh and my gosh. Out, and then your bandwidth expands because what I find for many clients is it's like we have this funnel thing and the top of the funnel is the field of all possibility. That's where everything's open for you. But over life, the insults and injury and the trauma and the stories and the narratives and the beliefs, they have a spiraling downward so that we're operating in that lower 20% of that funnel. And we feel like we live in a pressure cooker. Oh my gosh. So true. Well, I love that you talked about identity because that is something I think we should talk about because, you know, you, you want a part of your bio, you talk about the fact that we've had some losses as we went through the pandemic and some of which I think we are clear, right? People that we lost and some of it, we probably don't even, we might even realize were losses until, you know, however many years down the road. And so many people are shifting their identity. I mean, we're hearing about things like the great resignation. People are not willing to live in the same chapter that they were in, in 2019 and before, and they're stepping into this new chapter. And with this new chapter, I believe is our, you know, is a new identity for us. And how could we know how to be this person that we've never been before, right? So tell me a little bit about that and the work you do with these women that are, you know, experiencing this loss and they are, you know, undergoing this identity makeover. You know, that's a really, really good question. So loss could be the loss of a job, the loss of a work environment, the loss of a a vehicle, the loss of income, the loss of a spouse, the loss of a marriage. It could be empty nest syndrome. It shows itself in a lot of different ways. And I, I don't think that there are many people living on this planet right now that didn't have some type of loss, 
over the last three years. I completely agree. They may not define it as loss, but they did. And with that, it could be the loss of a dream, the loss of a plan, right? Yeah. Like we, even the, even if the dream is your kids, like you had a dream for your kid to graduate this college, but now your child didn't survive, didn't really do as well in virtual school as they were doing. I mean, there's just so many, so many different places that we have to, you know, process. Yeah. And I feel like we can look at it as a curse or we can look at it as a gift. And in my work with clients, what I know is nothing wants to die. So the old version of you is kicking and screaming and wants to do everything it can to keep you in the known reality. But the truth is we are either growing or we're dying. Show me one place in nature where something is not either growing or dying. And if you look at a tree today and you look at it a year from now, it's going to look different. It's going to be bigger and flourishing, or it's going to be shrinking. And and I think that one of the common programs we have in society is don't rock the boat, just you know, maintain the sameness. It's one of the eight ways we choose unconsciously, which was identified first by Robert Fritz in his groundbreaking book, The Path of Least Resistance. And it's like, just go along to get along. But that's the problem. That's drifting. You know, that's part of the stuff that Napoleon Hill talked about, not winning the devil. It's like, there's no defined purpose. And that's not who you are. So, the first thing is I what I what I coach on is who if you could paint the canvas any way you wanted it to be and you just get rid of all your objections for a minute and do some journaling if if there was nothing to stop you what would you be doing who would you be in the world who would you how would you want to show up who would you be serving what are you know where would you be living what if you took all of those constraints off all those I can't do this if I do that, all those stories, and just allowed yourself to dream for five minutes and not faking it till you make it, but just getting in touch with your heart and your core and what your soul is calling you to, that will change a lot of things for me. I love that so much. Hey there, I just want to stop in for a second and just introduce you to Dee for a second. Dee is the client concierge in our She's Linked Up Accelerator program, and she is who introduced me to Karen Visor. And Dee personally knows the beautiful, amazing women that we have in our program. These are women that are working every day on their identity and doing the work to really step into the next chapter of their life in a in a big way, bringing more impact and influence to the world and more income to them. And when Dee said that I, she thought I would love Karen, she was so right. And because she knows that this is exactly the kind of conversation I love to have in this program. It is not just about the strategies. It's about the strategies and the energy around the work that you're doing. And if that sounds good to you, we need to talk because this is, we are changing women's lives with this program, our She's Linked Up Accelerator program. It's a 12-week program that takes you through the strategies to put the most amazing people on your calendar and to have them really seeing you as that expert, as the influencer. We have you showing up like the, you are peers with the most influential people in your industry. So if it's that, if it's your time, if you're feeling like, okay, it's my time, I'd love to see your name on our calendar. Just go on over to karenyankovich.com slash call. You will see the calendar there and I'll get to see your name pop up and I look forward to that. All right, we're going to be back to the rest of the interview with Karen now. 
I love that so much. Get it out of your head. Stop thinking about how it's going to happen. Just dream about it, dream it up, dream big. And what is, I love that. I think that's, and that's very much aligned with the work that I do. And we do around here, you know, like, because we, I feel like most people can get a lot closer to that than they believe that they can get. Yeah. Right off the bat. People have stopped dreaming. So I'm really glad that you're doing the work that you're doing because it's so important and it's important to get support. And I think one of the things that, that got really dumbed down for people or maybe was never there, but I've noticed since over the last three years is people asking for help. Ask for help. There's help out there. There are solutions out there for you. And if you, there are ways to get what you want and have the shifts and the changes that you want in the story that you don't have money, the story that you don't have time. 100% is possible 100% of the time, but you have to choose that. Right. You have to choose that posture. So so I think it's it's really important. And then for the people who have forgotten how to dream, who have stopped dreaming, that is has to do with your own self-worth, your own value, your own self-concept. And I I coach a lot of clients to study Neville Goddard. He was a yeah. wonderful Love teacher. his work. Yeah. And his work is powerful. And what he teaches is that we're the author and power. So we are the author, we are the actor, we're the producer, and we're the director of our show. So if you don't like your show, change it, write a new script. And if you need help doing that, reach out to someone like Karen or to me and and find out what's in your way, because maybe just a little 15 minute phone call will make all the difference for you. You may be listening to Neville Goddard daily, you know, and starting to learn to be the operant power in your life is all you need to do. It, you know, and so there are solutions out there. And I really believe, and I'm, and I know you've already said this, and in, in uh, maybe not in these exact words, but you've already said this. I really believe that there's no end to the identity work that I need to do. You know, there's not going to be a day that I'm like, all right, I'm there, I'm done. You know, like I don't have to do this identity work anymore. There's always a new whatever, a new chapter. It doesn't even have to be level. It's not. You know, it doesn't, you know, like you're saying, you know, you're, you're growing or you're dying. Right. And, and, but each step of that is a place we've never been before, you know? So I just think when we recognize that, that's when we, like the first step is recognizing that. And like you said, you, you know, ask for help because, you know, we're here to help each other, not just, you know, help. I mean, I am always looking for help on these things and sometimes I'm better at asking for help than other times. Right. But let me ask you this, what practices or exercises can we be doing now to start to cultivate this self-awareness, right? So that we can start to build the foundation for personal growth and expansion. Okay, I've got several. I just want to add one thing to. Oh yeah, please. The societal norm, the culture, the programming has been destination consciousness. We are not on our way to a destination, folks. We are on a journey, and it's a lifelong journey. (sighs) Choose it to be awesome, or you get to choose it to be mediocre. Right. And there's no judgment there. You get to choose because it's your life. You're sovereign. You're the operant power. I'm just going to encourage you to choose the journey and choose a good one because you get advice. Everybody do that. And everybody listen to what what we're talking about here. Yeah. And so one of the things I teach my clients is you're placing an order at the cosmic restaurant. So why would you order something you don't want? 
about eight, it's statistically, they say about 80% of our thoughts are negative. So wow. if you have 80,000 thoughts a day and the statistics range from 70 to 90,000, but 80, that would mean that what 64,000 of your 80,000 thoughts a day are negative. That's got to change. So how do you change that? You change that by being in gratitude. Now, a lot of people do a gratitude practice where they write 10 things a day that they're grateful for. I like to amplify that practice. And the way I encourage my clients to do that and the way I do it is not only do I write down 10 things a day that I'm grateful for, twice twice a day, I read it. So when you write it and then you read it, you hear it. Mm -hmm. And now you're visually connected to it. You have a sensory connection to it. You have an uh, auditory connection to it. That gets it in more powerfully than just writing it. So there's also for people who have a poor self-concept, who need to change their self-concept, who are living in a victim mentality, start twice a day with with a practice of five things you love and appreciate about yourself. I don't care if it's that you got out of bed today. It Mm -hmm. really doesn't matter what you write on that paper. You're you're exercising your gratitude and appreciation for you because you are, you have value. The very fact that you exist is evidence of your value. Source, God, consciousness, whatever you call it, is the creator. Creator didn't create anything without value. So... I find for the identity piece, people have to own their value. And if you're struggling with that, then find someone who can help you figure out why you do that. Because many, many people have made poor decisions and they're still beating themselves up for the past. And that is creating their present and their future. And all we have is now, all we have is this moment. So in this moment, your job is to be the best version of you that you can be and decide what you want. And the filter that I like to share with people for making choices is a twofold filter. And step one is, is this choice loving and kind of me to me? And if it's not, why would you even consider doing it? Right. I mean, really? And and then the second filter, if it if the answer is yes and you're still going forward, the second filter is does this move me closer to what I want? Because again, if it's not moving you closer to not your destination, but your journey to the the individual, the sovereign human being that you want to be on this planet. And the person that you want to step into so that you can share your gifts and your magic, because there is only one of you, by the way, then hello, (laughs) why would you go there? Right, right, right. Oh my gosh. That's great. That's great. This is great advice. This is great advice. I love it. You talk about, you know, we do hear a lot about gratitude and I, you know, and I don't want to say that like, it's not important because I believe it's very important, but I like that you take that to the next level and you're like, you know, just stick with it. And I, and I, I think that that's important because I know for me and for many women, right, we have a to-do list and, you know, as much as we want to say, I'm going to be in this space of gratitude, it's also kind of on our to-do list, right? And once we've checked it off in the morning, we're done with it, right? And you're saying, no, no, bring it back, living it, spend it, spend time with it, spend multiple times a day with it, infuse yourself with it. And I think that that is a big difference between I have a morning gratitude practice. Yeah. It's a state of being. Gratitude 
and appreciation or states of being. Years ago, I took a course with someone and he he suggested doing an appreciation walk without your cell phone, where you would go out for 10 minutes a day and just appreciate the way the air felt on your skin, appreciate the way the sun felt on your face. Oh, that's beautiful. Appreciate the color of the sky, appreciate the color of the flowers you encountered, and just be in this total wave of appreciation. And it it does make a difference because your vibration matters. David Hawkins years ago wrote a book, uh, Power Versus Force, and he identified a logarithmic scale in that book that went from zero to to a thousand, a thousand being Christ consciousness, zero Mm -hmm. being pretty much. <laughs> and 200 was a critical level of courage and integrity. I don't know if you've read that book. But I have read uh, some of, I don't think I read that book. I read Letting Go, which I yeah. love. I yeah. love that book. Yeah. So, so anyway, at a level of 500, the frequency of love, which we can all attain, we can all be that we can all choose that love is our dominant vibration. You offset 750,000 people at the lower levels of 200 and below. So why wouldn't you want to do that? Right. And isn't that much more fun? Like, isn't that a, isn't that a beautiful way? But it, but there's an intention that has to happen. We can sit here and say it all you want, but life gets busy. Life gets in the way. And I, I, you know, I'm, I don't know why this came to me. So I'm going to talk about it. I talk a little bit, like if I'm standing on a stage and giving a talk to people, I say, I know you're like, I can see y'all taking notes. I can see you're all doing this. And I love that you're doing that, but see those doors over there, like the exit doors, those are the doors of amnesia. The minute you walk through them, you're back in your regular life and you forget all these things. So what are we going to do so that you actually put some of this into practice, you know, and that, and I say that not to shame anybody that's listening here right now, but to say it is, it's a common thing that you, you really, you're listening to this and maybe you're feeling excited by it, but putting it into practice is not an easy thing to do and to stay in that place, right? There's an intent. You have to be more than intentional. You have to be, you have to have an intention and a, and a follow through practice, I guess. I'm not even sure what that looks like, but it does come down to, I think the people you're surrounding yourself with too. You're surrounding yourself with people that help you stay in that space. It's a lot easier to stay there. Yeah. Your environment is so important and your environment is the people you're with, the clutter that you live with, the things you tolerate, two other things people can do to help. Yes. One is a tolerations list, write down everything you're putting up with everything or and get it all written down. Look and ask yourself, how can I group this into categories? And when you group it into categories, you can then say, okay, what one thing could I do that would wipe out most of the things on this category? It's quite extraordinary because it will self-organize. I've never heard of that. I love that idea. Yeah. That came from Thomas Leonard. He taught me that many, many years ago. Oh my gosh. That's brilliant. The other thing for people who've stopped dreaming is to start a list of 100 things you want to do, have, be, or experience before leaving the planet. Right. Believe it or not, Karen, I've had clients that couldn't get past 12. I I do believe it. I do believe it. I am. I know that you guys that are listening, this is an audio podcast, but in my hand is my list of things I want to do, be, have. And I created it every now and then I start a new one. And on this new one, I'm up to a whopping 30. So I get it. I get it. You know, it is harder than it sounds. 
it illustrates how small we live our lives and then what what a small container right. we to exist in. And what if you could expand that? Like I'm going to go on um, one of the things on my list. Well, I've got a couple that are have to do with travel, but one is to go on the Camino. I have a really good friend who takes trips on the Camino, takes people on the Camino in Portugal, and she's done it multiple times. She's there right now. I wanted to go on this one, but my nephew is getting married on the 14th and there was a little date clash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in May and June of next year, I'm going to be in Portugal with my friend Jennifer on the Camino. Oh, that's amazing. I love that. I'll send you the info about it if you if you want to know about it. Definitely then. send me info they about that. about 10 miles a day. And if your mm-hmm. feet are sore and you don't want to walk, you can take a cab for about $3. And they stay in these cute little lodgings along the way. They're they're clean and comfortable, but they're not like the five star. Right, right, right. As a, and as a spiritual, it's kind of a pilgrimage and it's a walk and you can walk alone. You can walk with someone. You can walk with a group and they all meet up for dinner. But the day is yours. And so it's 10 miles a day. And if you don't want to walk today, you can take a cab and meet the group at the next location. And they schlep your luggage for amazing. you. It sounds like amazing. It's you know? amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but that's one of mine. And and I think the other thing, there's one other thing I'd like to share. Well, I could share a whole lot, but yeah, I, I would love to hear it. And then we could, I know we could talk for another two hours. Needs drive behavior. So mm-hmm. just like the person who needs to be heard, they have no filter. But needs when if you're stuck, if you're experiencing stuckness, I can almost promise that you have a needs pattern either in opposition or what I call a circular logic pattern. And here's an example of what I mean by that. A child that grew up in a home where the father, for example, modeled the need to be heard, the child looks up to the father and they start doing that. This is the unconscious program. And now the mother comes in and goes, children should be seen and not heard. So now the child needs to be seen and not heard. So now we have a juxtaposed need to be seen. I mean, need to be heard, need to not be heard. So then you filter in maybe something that happened that caused the child to need to be safe and not, and need to hide. And now they need to be seen, but it's not safe to be seen because they need to be hide. They need to hide and they need to be heard, but it's not safe to be heard because children should be seen and not heard. And that is a circular logic pattern. And it's a very easy one to disable. But it's if you're stuck, there's very likely something like that going on. The biggest one I've ever found was 11. And it was a client that had some severe trauma. And the smallest one I've ever found was three. Wow. Wow. You know what? I'm pretty sure that everybody listening here right now is saying, I think I need to talk to Dr. Karen. Good thing. Lucky for them. You're willing to do that. So is there anything else that you want to share? This has been so important because here's the thing. I mean, I know that I just want to kind of bring this around to kind of tie it together in that this podcast is typically listened to by entrepreneurial women um, or women in some kind of transition. Maybe they're moving from corporate to entrepreneur and, and this kind of stuff can get in your way. Right. And it's, and it's sad to me, right. It's sad to me because you're so brilliant and you have so much to give the world. So these are, these things are just as important as creating your website, right? Like really showing up into this new identity or the identity of this person. And, and when you're doing this, I don't want to say it makes everything 
simple and easy because you know that's it's it's not easy to be an entrepreneur. It's a brave choice. And at the same time, let's give ourselves as much, you know, as much of a chance as we can, right? And 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 create a life that we are thoroughly enjoying and not struggling in, you know. And and if we can get rid of a little bit of that struggle, even it's so powerful. Well, you get yourself out of that pressure cooker I mentioned earlier, and you get to move up to the top of that cone, that funnel, where is the field of all possibility. And yes, the clients you're serving, when they're moving from corporate to entrepreneur, that's an identity loss. Right. Absolutely. And the secure, logical, practical version of them wants to keep their feet firmly rooted in corporation right. and their spirit is guiding them to, to people like you, to you, to how do I, how do I change this? And that, so that's, that's huge. And recognizing that nothing wants to die and that there, you can create a bridge between the two that it doesn't have to be an all or nothing. It doesn't have to be either or you can create a bridge that will allow you to have what Neville Goddard calls a bridge of incidents, I believe he calls it. And you can create that, but the way you create that is by being very intentional about what you want. So if you want to become an entrepreneur and you're choosing that, then live in the acting as if I am that and allow the spirits that be, the forces that be, the energies that be, God's consciousness to organize that for you. And and I do work with some people in corporate. So that's amazing. That sounds amazing. So we are going to put a link in the show notes on how people can book a 30 minute free connection call with you. So that's amazing. Thank you for offering that beautiful service to our podcast community. Uh, How else can people find you? How else can people find out about the work you do? What's and what's coming up next for you? Well, I have a couple things coming up. Thanks for asking. I'm going to be starting a podcast myself. Oh. But I'm starting with, for right now, with uh, some free content that I'm going to do on Zoom every other Sunday. It'll be two Sundays a month. So that will start this Sunday. If you're listening to this podcast and it's afterwards, you'll be able, you may be able to find it on YouTube because. I'm going to do it as a Zoom and our content actually, I think for Sunday is going to be a little bit more about identity. And then I'll, it's going to be a 20 minute content that's free. And then there will be 10 minutes for Q&A or group coaching. And that's it. 30 minutes, Sunday, four o'clock. If you go to my Facebook page, which is Karen Visor, that's K-A-R-E-N-V-I-Z-E-R, you will find a link there tomorrow to be able to sign up for that. And, and that link will probably be up on Sunday as well. And Beautiful. And you'll, and so we can link to your YouTube channel though. Yeah. I don't have a YouTube channel set up yet. I'm in the, oh, okay. that, I have it live. I'm in the process of setting that up. Okay. So by the time well, the, when the, by the, when this goes live, we'll, and if it's not live by the time this goes live, we'll add it to the show notes when it does so, become live. Yeah. And so in my uh, stand store, because I, I gave up my website years ago, I was just like over it. I, I didn't I want to manage it. hear I, that. Yeah. Uh, so I, what I have now is a stand store and it's stand.store forward slash Dr. Karen. It's really simple. And you can go there as well and find the, it's called Breakthrough With Me. Which yeah. Is, well, that's where the call will be. 
Um, that's where the yep. sun. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. So we'll put links to those in the show notes so people can easily find it. And I love, you know, I love that you're offering this because I we need to ask for help. And, you know, and then you just never know where these conversations are going to go. Right. So um, yeah. thank you for doing that. Oh, you're welcome. And then I'm going to be launching the identity makeover. It's kind of a relaunch. I've been doing this with clients and mm-hmm. I'm putting a lot of things together in one place in both a group and a one-on-one coaching experience with me. And I'll be doing that in mid-November. Okay, great. Awesome. Dr. Karen, thank you so much for being here today. This has been amazing. I've learned a lot and I think, um, and I, you know, and it just is, even if it's just a reminder of you of how important the energy around you is and how much control of it you actually have, even if it's just that reminder to, you know, again, infuse yourself with it all day long. It's such an important topic. So thank you for sharing it. Thank you for sharing your genius with us. And I'm definitely going to be keeping an eye on what you've got going on. I want to see what you what your videos are all about. Thanks for being here. Karen, thank you so much. And for all of your listeners, just remember this one thing, you matter and what you want matters. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. I so loved this conversation. I, in fact, before we even disconnected from the record, I booked some time with Karen um, to take her advantage of her offer to chat because I think it's such an important thing for all of us. You know, we don't know what we don't know, right? And if we can get somebody like Karen that can just kind of approach, kind of just take a look at this from an energetic standpoint and just give us their perspective you know, we might hear something or see something that we hadn't heard or seen before. So I highly recommend you book a call with Karen. Like I said, I did. And I hope that you uh, follow her on social media and that you take a quick screenshot of the show, share it with your audience. And if you go to karenyankovich.com slash 257, you'll see the show notes for this. You'll see all the links for the things we talked about here on the show today and how you can connect with Karen. At that link, you'll also see a link for SpeakPipe where you can leave me an audio message. And I would love to hear from you, from your voice, what you thought of this interview. And I get to respond personally, which I love because we get to have an actual conversation. So drop me a message there. And remember, share this with your audience. Karen and I will share it with our audiences. And then we'll share your post with our audiences if you tag us. And that's how we all get to support each other, right? And that's how that's how this lifting each other up thing works. And remember that if you want to know what it looks like to get some support with the kinds of work, the strategies behind stepping into this new chapter as you're stepping into this new identity, I would love to see your name on our calendar. Just go on over to karenyankovich.com call, grab a spot on the calendar, and we can chat and see what your next chapter might look like and if it looks like it's something we can support you with. And if so, we will tell you what that looks like. Either way, we're going to have a great conversation. So, But it starts with getting your call, get your name on the calendar. So go on over to karenyankovich.com slash call to do that. I hope you love the show as much as I did, and I will see you back here again next week for another episode. <laughs>